Hello, you are listening to the third episode of High Value Women brought to you by the New Feminist magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiera-Fielding and Adam Saraswati-Rawlings. Okay, this episode, we are going to be talking about the Kardashians and the potential downfall of the Kardashians because it's it's been very... It's juicy. Hot. Yeah, it's a very hot topic right now. But... Uh, before we start, let's jump into our Femi fact, which is what we do every episode, is we each share a really interesting Femi fact or Femi thought, um, which is a feminist fact or thought, obviously. So do you want to start us off? Yeah, so mine is a little bit of a serious one today. Okay, But I just it. wanted to take a moment to talk about, um, obviously, in the States right now, there are some pretty awful laws that are attempted to be passed, some places that yeah. have been passed. And I just wanted to talk to the fact that this is something that it impacts all feminists all over the world. I think that it's so easy here in the UK where we, you know, I live in the privilege of knowing that realistically as awful as our government is, there's not enough sort of individualist control in the government to really pass something like this. At least I hope that stays the case. Mm -hmm. But my trans non-binary brothers, sisters and people in between across the Atlantic are going through some really awful shit right now. In fact, in Iowa now, all trans people under the age of 18 are being forced to medically detransition within the next six months. Yeah, I Um, saw that. Oh my God. And I just wanted to talk to the fact as well that these laws and these policies, and this ties into the reversal of Roe v. Wade as well, these rapid pullbacks on hard-fought-for civil liberties they mirror the same tactics that were used in Central Europe in the rise of Nazism and anti-Semitism in the 1930s. Yeah. And it's a really dangerous time to be anything but a straight white man in America right now. So I'm just taking this to say that, you know, across the pond, we are with you, we stand with you. And to people listening that whether this directly impacts you or not, we are all in this together because when one group, women, people of colour queer people, disabled people, any sort of protected group does no longer have the experience of that protection and starts experiencing literal legal systematic systematic discrimination, that it's shit for all of us. And it's a a sad truth, but we've all got to kind of band together and stand and support. And if there are any protests going on near where you guys are, I encourage you to get involved in whichever way you can. Um, sometimes being an ally is just educating the people in your life about why this is an issue but I just wanted to extend this sort of call to arms that this is really important and that we all need to be paying attention to it because it will have ripple effects. Thank you so much for using your Femi fact to say that because that's so 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 important and you know what there's just it's all happening at the same time so much of it is happening that I'm almost like I'm losing track of like what yeah it's really scary thrown about I like we published in the magazine about the Florida bill where they're trying to ban talking about periods before like seventh grade was it sixth grade which is just insane like why why it makes and let's no not forget sense. how many books have been banned 
yeah oh my gosh and all of this like all of the trans exclusionary bills are just terrifying it's really it's really going down the whole um handmaid's tale <laughs> route it's like terrifying and you have a friend in uh, the us as well don't you you must be yeah i actually have a few her. friends in the states but my best friend lives in idaho which is a traditionally very right-wing state and she um is in a position of privilege where she could travel out of state if she needed a abortion and she also has the added benefit of that she knows that if she ever needed it she could come here and like stay with me if she needs if america got to the point where she just had to get out she knows she's got that option oh good um but the thing is my friend is one of the luckier people to live in a state like idaho and the basis that she has the ability to not live there if she has to get out Mm, some um, people don't but, some americans don't even have exactly passports. yeah well yeah and the thing is as well these sort of laws like the abortion repeal roe v mm-hmm. wade appeal mm-hmm. they they are disproportionately affecting women of color women of um working class background people who live in poverty and mm. it's the same for these anti-queer laws as well i mean the anti-drag laws in tennessee um, most drag queens that are working are not like Trixie Mattel or RuPaul or Alaska, Thunderfuck or whatever. They are local entertainers who make upwards of like $100 a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's really not a lot of money. And then the main source of livelihood is literally made illegal now in Tennessee within Honestly, any sort of reasonable distance of anything. It's ridiculous. The arts are already in trouble and dying yeah. after COVID. And then to target like minorities in arts like are you kidding can you pick a weaker group of people right now it's it's absolutely insane um I'm so glad I'm pretty sure they tried to pass a bill um to I don't remember where it was now but have a stab at the state and you'll probably be right because you know it's going to be one of the extreme ones um where they try to to make it make having an abortion mean that you get a death penalty Texas, maybe. Texas, that sounds about right. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to laugh. I'm just so baffled that that could even happen. I'm just it's in, in shock. I think when you live somewhere like the UK, and this is not to say, I wanted to add to my family thought actually that, no, this sort of stuff, it has ripple effects because after Roe was repealed, there were literal MPs calling for similar actions in the UK. Obviously not to a lot yeah. of sort of fanfare, but... In the leadership contest between um, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak and the other Tory MPs that were going for PM last year, trans and non-binary rights were thrown around like political football. So these things, they do have ripple effects over here too. Mm. But when you see laws like the Don't Say Gay law in Florida and just all these horrible pieces of legislation that are sweeping across the states... When you don't live in a country where we have that same sort of legal system, where there's so much individualism between areas of the country, it it is baffling. It almost it feels like fiction in a way, which is the scariest thing. It yes, feels exactly. Like, it feels like a really bad apocalyptic novel, but it's like you said, it's something out of The Handmaid's Tale completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost like it's predicted. Well, I hope it hasn't, but it's, I'm worried that it has. And then, like, we have a bunch of shit going on at the moment with, like, the, the immigration policies. Like, what the fuck oh, is going Christ. on with that as well? I'm, I've had enough. Like, I'm actually really looking forward to this to this little sesh about the Kardashians because I cannot yeah. deal with, like, well, the world and politics right now. It's it's just too much. But I just feel as like a final at some note, point... Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to add to what you said um, and just say, I feel like we should compile all of the bills that are being part of trying to be passed at the moment into some kind of list 
with yeah relevant petitions to stop it and 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 compile it for the magazine because that would be sick look out for that that feels like something that should be be shared (laughs) yeah definitely just before we move on to ellie's fem fact slash femaphore i just wanted to leave on this last sort of note about this conversation that i am i'm quite resistant to bad news I mean, I, for my degree, I spent a lot of time studying things like genocide and learn about just the most awful things that human beings do to each other. And it does make you have a bit of a hardened sort of shell to basically the true evil sides of humanity. But seeing like all of this hate towards people that are like me, it has made it really difficult for me to watch the news and mm-hmm. no stay engaged when I see it on TikTok and things like that. And at times like this and like when things like Roe happened and Sarah Everard over here, just when these horrible things that keep seeming to happen in our news and there's not much respite from it, I want to just encourage everyone, it's okay to take a break from the news. It's okay yeah. to just check out for a day or two because checking out for a day or two is very different from having your head in the sand, having your head in the sand and living in willful ignorance because yeah. the news when it's so filled with horrible things is emotionally draining and it's okay to look after yourself and put yourself first and just take a breather well said but it, it was sarah everard that sort of sent me spiraling last time I, I that's when i had to i had to have a bit of a a media detox or a news detox yeah. because i i just couldn't cope anymore I, I was just so it's people don't i don't think people discuss that enough actually how much the news can really really affect you especially when if you work in the media um, yeah it it really gets to you and when you work in the media you can't really take a break from it either which is not from one like a day or two no so thank you for saying that as well um okay it almost feels wrong to move on to a lighter topic now I feel like I'm no I think that's exactly it. what we need yeah yeah no we do we do we do Okay, so uh, my Femi fact is um, we definitely have like a, a a light and dark thing going on with the Femi facts, but I'm really enjoying it. I feel like it's a really nice balance because I'm um, back at you with the sort of random one. Um, so there, I don't know if you've seen it recently because I think it's been circulating, but there was a viral photo of Nobel Prize winners from 1927. Right, so um, it was quite a big group of people. So I'm going to say it was like, the Nobel Prize winners of the part of the that like 10 years or I don't know something yeah, like that a period of time of a period of time yeah um and they are all men except one of course which is Marie Curie I was gonna say is it Marie Curie of course yeah um except she is the only one in the picture that has two Nobel Prizes and everybody else has one and not only that both of those Nobel Prizes are from different fields chemistry and physics so she was That's the only one in a sea move. of men. Yeah, it really is. But I was just thinking it just goes to show how women have to work twice as hard just to be acknowledged. Yeah, exactly. It's just insane, isn't it? But I, I saw that and I was like, I think I will, I'll put it on Instagram for um everybody listening just so you can have a look at it and like see how fucking sick it is. But yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Big up Mary Curie. Did you know, yeah. actually, this is like a random fun fact that the okay. island of St. Lucia has the most Nobel Prize winners per capita because it's got such a small population, but they've won two. So oh God, if you actually no break way. down like Nobel Prizes per person, St. Lucia has like the highest like chance of you having one, I guess. Oh, I had no 
idea. Wait, big up, <laughs> big up them because that's so cool. <laughs> They're such a little, a little country. I love that for them. Winning. Only country in the world named after a woman as well. Okay, I feel like we need to do a profile on Saint Lucia all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Okay, so you just got four facts for the price of two. So any Saint any Saint Lucians hit us up for a profile on Saint Lucia. <laughs> yeah, no, actually do, actually do. Okay, right. Should we dive in? I'm yes, so excited to discuss this. Literally, Bible same. <laughs> <laughs> How relevant. Okay, so. The big question at the moment is, are we witnessing the downfall of the Kardashians at the moment? It's it's on everybody's For You page on TikTok, specifically mine and Adam's, because we're, we, we love we have the same for you page. Yeah, we literally <laughs> have the same page. Um, but everybody's talking about it. Um, I think yeah. this came about, um, well, everybody's been thinking this for the past like year, I would say. Um, it's gotten more intense the past couple months and the conversation started I think when the rumor spread that Anna Winter has uninvited the Kardashians yeah, to the Met Gala she, she donated them from that? the invite list but did she because I like I, I tried to look for proof and I couldn't find it but yeah it's just a rumor so far but I mean we'll find out in like a month's time could you imagine I just can't go over that it would be crazy to me. I mean, like, last year's Met, this is how much I actually know about the Kardashians, was the first time that all of the sisters and Chris were in attendance. So oh my God, it was do actually you think like... Anna Winter did that on purpose? Like, this is your final. Hurrah, enjoy it. <laughs> oh my God, maybe. that I didn't even think of it that way. But um, it would be interesting if we got to the point where they all attended, like, literally for the first time ever, and then none of them go. But I also feel like it would be a decision where they were not invited as opposed to it being like they chose not to go because like they love the Met Gala. Like they kind of, it's part of the brand at this point, I feel. Do you think they would try and spin it in the media that they, that they, if they don't get invited, that they just didn't want to go? I feel like they would probably like book like a tactical trip somewhere out of the country to be like, oh, we couldn't go to the Met Gala because we were in like, I don't know. Bora Bora or something where as Kim wants to die in the earring, fun fact. As if they would double book. Oh yeah, oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so very interesting. Obviously, there are like reputable news sources talking that, about like, it, but yeah. even they are saying like like sus- it's suspected, like it's not. But that's enough for for me to be like, oh shit. Like they actually I mean, they might not be going. Some, they have pulled some antics at the Met Gala. I'm sorry. See, I I love the Met Gala. I like Same. every year, like I'm I'm like a fly on shit when it comes to the looks come out like right? I want to see what everyone's wearing, how oh well God, it's same. up to the theme. And the Kardashian Jenna clan, they just they don't do the theme. No, it's really annoying. And was it um... And it's not just them, but they if you go into the Met Gala, do the bloody theme. Yeah, I know. And also do it well. Sorry, but like Period. Can we give a shout out to Lizzo who just pulls through every single yes. year? I just love I love everything she does. Um but yeah, and last year didn't Kim wear Marilyn's dress? Yes, she did. So the context of that, me like this is this episode is like so me and my element. <laughs> Go for it. So the theme was gilded glamour, looking at the gilded age in America, which was the late eighteen hundreds, I believe, to the nineteen tens. Mm-hmm. So historically, Marilyn Monroe would not have even been born at this period of time. <laughs> um, That's nor so was funny. Bob. Ma- nor was Bob Mackie who designed and made the dress that Kim wore. Wow. Um, so it felt like in a way, and obviously I want to point out just to kind of 
not to excuse because I'm not going to excuse it, but Anna Wintour does have a final say in what everybody wears to the Met Gala. Oh, yeah. And Ripley's loaned Kim the dress and allowed her to wear it. So yeah. it's, she's not exclusively to blame, but she still pursued this option and damaged she, the dress. She was also like not as careful, I think, as she could have been because she did damage the dress. And there's a video of her like pulling it. <laughs> and it's yeah, like... The, mm. I think the problem as well with the whole look for me is when Malin wore that dress, it was so scandalous because Bob Mackie literally found fabric that matched her skin tone perfectly. Mm. So it looked like she was naked, dripping in jewels. Mm. But Kim is a few sh- quite a few shades darker than Marilyn is in terms of skin tone because mm-hmm. Marilyn's almost like Michael like really fur mm. um so the sort of the impact of the dress itself wasn't really didn't really equate when I think if she wanted to do it she should have done it for um America history of fashion which was the previous Met Gala and mm. oh yeah she should have she should have had a replica made that matched her skin tone and had the same sort of impact that yeah. Marilyn's did. I don't think she needed to have done. No, she didn't have to wear the actual dress because the ho- beyond the whole, this is a piece of history, and she also had to lose ten pounds like a ridiculously fast amount of time, which is such an unrealistic body standard to show to anybody. And they cover it in the the series as well about this. Mm-hmm. How it's like it's dangerous to lose that weight in that quick of a amount of time. Mm. But beyond all of that and all the problematic things. The look was so fucking mid. I'm sorry, but it was yes. so... Yes, oh my God, it, it was, was so... so mid. Like, if you're gonna, like, go through all of that, give yourself an eating disorder just to fit in the fucking dress. Yes. At least let it be, like, a good dress. And also, can I also just point out that at the time the Marilyn movie came out and it was disastrous and actually d- a disgusting representation of Marilyn Monroe. Oh my God. I've... I it was just poor timing as well. Clips of it and bits of it. It's bad. I didn't want to watch the whole thing because I I love Marilyn. Um, I just think that Marilyn is a bit of a feminist icon in a lot oh, of ways. Oh yeah, so do I. And that felt the whole. I think honestly, we could do an entire episode about Marilyn Monroe because I think our culture's relationship to her as a symbol is very weird. Yeah, I, like it. She was like massively sexualized, but in like a dark way in that film. Yeah, and it was. It was like glamorizing her trauma. Trauma, yeah. It, and it was it, really honestly, disturbing. I saw someone describe it as like one step below a snuff film, basically. Yeah, because they filmed the last scene in the the place that she actually died. Oh, the, oh God, in the Hollywood Hotel. Oh, yeah, Jesus. the actual spot. Like, how disrespectful is that? Plus, uh, half of what happened um, in the film is incorrect like it's there's like there are articles out there that are like comparing her real life to the film and how everything is wrong like it's ridiculous and there's honestly for someone like Marilyn Monroe there's no excuse as well because her life is so well documented because of how big of a symbol she is it's like people people literally know what she had for breakfast on like Tuesday the um Mm. 12th of October 1959 like you know Mm. the detail that we have about her life whether rightfully or wrongfully there's no excuse for just basically making a trauma pick and just mm, throwing yeah. a load of superfluous detail in that wasn't accurate. You know who? Uh, you know who Jay Bonzi is? Wait, of course you do. You're a makeup girly. Yeah. She um is a massive Marilyn Monroe fan. Um, yeah, and when she that, is. When when that movie came out, she I don't know if you saw it, but she made a video like she was literally crying because she was like, "I'm so hurt because she's like my idol," and you just, yeah like basically shat on her memory 
Um, and then she was like, in in her rage, she was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go and write my own um Marilyn movie." And she mm. was like mid writing it last time that I checked. And um, but I hope she does because she's an expert. Like she's read all of everything, like transcripts and everything that she ever wrote and every think that anyone ever wrote about her so I would fully watch that so I'm that's that's yeah. me showing my support for Jay Bunsey's version <laughs> and, and I get where she's made. coming from as well because like say um if Shakira had passed on which is never gonna happen um <laughs> no no it's never gonna happen if Adam, someone <laughs> if someone made a film about her life and it was I mean I know a lot of details about her life um because I, I understand I love her um and if someone did that with Shakira's life and her memory, I would feel the exact same way. I'd be really yeah. upset and really, really angry Good because stuff. it's it's just, we don't have the same treatment with men's stories either. Mm-mm-mm. I don't think that despite the trauma that someone like, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Um, Freddie Mercury, for example, with Bohemian Rhapsody. His story, oh, yeah, his story was, was told well. With his story was told incredibly well with a lot of respect despite the fact that, you know, there was a lot of tragedy in his story and he was one of the, really, the flagship victims of the AIDS mm. crisis. Mm. And, you know, his story was still told with care and sensitivity, but we don't see the same for women's stories. And that's not that's always That's a really good point, actually. That's a really good point. Because now I'm thinking of other similar types of things and you're so right, there is a massive disparity between the two. Yeah, it's frustrating. But speaking of frustrations... <laughs> yeah let's get back so, to the kardashians <laughs> we've got we have a lovely list of things the kardashians have been cancelled for <laughs> it's long <laughs> um i i mean there's ones in here like i put kendall please stop dating bad bunny because the reggaeton girlies we don't need it <laughs> that's i mean you can't really cancel someone over being in a consensual relationship i just don't enjoy Kendall Jenner. That's just Adam's personal beef. <laughs> yeah. But there's um I think it's interesting. You wrote here that the perfect Instagram feeds are no longer relatable. And I completely agree. Mm. And I think that kind of summarizes this whole idea that they're going out of fashion because they're so manicured and like obviously literal sense of like the feeds and everything, they're so curated. And as someone I've watched basically every episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Wow, okay, um, so you're a pro. I wouldn't say I'm a pro because a lot of them, I watched them and they completely deleted them from my brain straight after. <laughs> well, there are so many. I don't blame you. You need space yeah. in your brain. But there's, um, but even on the show, as much as it's like, it's reality TV, it's still, they're showing what they want us to see. The whole image is very manufactured in a lot of ways, even though they've tried to cast themselves as being relatable and real. They just, they like just even aren't. on the show, because I haven't actually, I've seen like one season of the Kardashians, like the new one, just I wanted the, to see yeah, what it's about. Show. But I haven't seen like the original Keeping Up with Kardashians. Would you say that's very manufactured still? Um, The earlier seasons, less so when they were less of a name. Okay, interesting. I would say um, towards the 2010s, so like as they started to become a bigger deal and like, I'd say when it was it wasn't just Kim anymore mm-hmm. and it was like Chloe and Courtney kind of became a thing and then obviously a little bit later Kylie and Kendall were yeah. and like the brand expanded from just being Kim and friends well Kim and family to the Kardashian Jenner family mm-hmm. I think that's when it became a lot more manufactured maybe in the sense that they were they were a bona fide empire by that point mm-hmm. but I mean the earlier seasons obviously they still you know they're still 
a cutting room floor with footage that we haven't seen. There were still editors. Yeah, I mean, and... Chris oversees most of it, right? Anyway, oh, yeah. so it's just... And a... that's, that is one thing I will say. Chris Jenner is a fucking genius. I would like... Oh, yeah, I, we, nobody can deny that. Nobody can deny that. But they are very manufactured. And I do think that almost like COVID is maybe responsible for this in a way that like we almost have had like the anti-influencer now as like our go-to influencers. I think of people like Brittany Broski and mm, oh I love her. Um GK Barry and you know mm. people like that who are they're just real. Yeah, exactly. They they have a much more real feeling. And I think it's because they didn't start with a TV show. They didn't start with, you know, a big splash in the media with obviously Kim's sex tape, which we had I mean, surprise, surprise, me and Ellie are not going to criticize her for a sex tape because Obviously it was not. released unconsensually. Yeah. Um. But, you know, the, the sort of the influencers of today, they didn't have this big platform to start off with like the Kardashians did. They'd literally mm. just made the TikTok videos and just like, that was it. Yeah. I mean, they all sort of, it all came about with TikTok, didn't it? The Britney Broskies and everyone. And I yeah. think everybody collectively during COVID, especially during COVID, because like, who in the fuck wanted to see a like a perfect Instagram feed during COVID? Exactly. Everyone was just like collectively, we all just took a big like breath of yeah. relief. I think when we saw Britney and everyone, we were all like, "Oh, okay, real people exist." Like, I much prefer to look at this than make myself feel bad. Yeah. Like scrolling through like Kim Kardashian's Instagram feed. I mean, look at what happened. Was it last year? The year before? I'm, I'm losing track of time now. But when um there was that whole thing um with chloe's unedited picture um oh, and everyone yeah. and she just went so like she panicked like i i almost feel bad for her because girl panicked because she's they're so used to, <laughs> to editing their photos that she was like fighting for her life <laughs> she was literally fighting for her life i mean that was quite a big like feminist debate actually because it was like should you know there was sympathy for her that she felt like she had to keep up that sort of appearance and also people quite rightfully on the other side saying well if you keep editing your pictures with the influence that you have you're going to make other people feel like they can't live up to those standards so I mean that was already yeah. quite controversial in itself but it just goes to show how much they edit their pictures as well and how like Cure. everything's you... so perfect like aesthetic wise not just yeah. like the way they look but everything is so it's perfect. like it's the sickening. houses are perfect it's like oh. you know kim's got like a perfect like monochrome house and oh monochrome is fucking boring have you seen her sink <laughs> where is it <laughs> <laughs> not the sinks under no i completely agree though um i have a question for you though about oh, the chloe kardashian um pick debacle mm. where do you stand on the idea of editing photos so I actually used to be a massive, I edited all my photos. Yeah, I was a 2016 makeup artist. Like, hello. <laughs> it was like what we did best. There were whole, like, was YouTube... my best friend. <laughs> oh my God, literally. Like, I had the premium version. Same. I, I, had, I was watching, there were tutorials from our favorite makeup gurus on YouTube, like talking about how to facetune perfectly. So of course we were all at some point, if you're our age, at some point, you probably would have been a victim to it. But it got to yeah. the point um, where, well, firstly, I just stopped posting on Instagram like a few years ago anyway. Um, yeah, like, same. Uni sort of ended and COVID started like at the same time for me. So I really had nothing to post. And then- Yeah, same actually. Coming out the other side, um, 
I was just like, I can't do this because then, do you know what I found myself doing? Looking back through old photos going, oh my God, I looked so good then. Why do I look like shit now? And then I'm like, oh my God, I've just, I've just done it to myself. Like I've literally just conned myself into thinking that's what I look like. And I didn't, I'm an idiot. So I think now I, I think I was in like denial before and now I can clearly see how damaging it can be I think it's all right if you're like really really worried about like like a, a stray hair that's sticking out or something if you're like really concerned that's really yeah. going to impact your life like I don't really care what you do it's your decision but you know if you're going to change yeah. your whole face maybe like give us a heads up first I'm see I was the same like I used to edit my photos I would say not an awful lot but I did edit them right and it would be things like it started off with like, oh, my eyeshadow doesn't pop quite as much in this photo as it does in real life. So let me just like touch that up. Oh my God. And yeah, it would start same. with like quite innocent things. Like, oh, I just, I just want to look like I do in real life. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, but like, maybe I should slim down my jawline and mm. maybe I should like make my lips look bigger or maybe I should, you know, I don't know, ed- literally edit all kinds of crazy things about my like, uh, like body morphing and stuff like that. And it got to the point where, like, I actually deleted a load of old photos a few years ago because I just thought, like, because I did the same thing. I looked back and thought, like, oh, God, I was so, like, like, my body was, like, banging then. I was, like, so I realized, fit then. Holy shit. <laughs> I was, like, oh, my God, like, not the hourglass. And I was, like, oh, no, Adam, you actually edited your photos to look that way. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, I had to, like, I literally had to have, like, a good, like, conversation with myself. And, like, this was such an unhealthy thing that we did, yeah. you know. And now, I mean, I very, very rarely post on Instagram. And in general, I'm not, I'm more of a lurk on social media now than anything else. Um, I mean, I, I'm active on Twitter on my Stan account, but that's very different, I think, because of the higher degree of anonymity there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. No, your like, Instagram was like popping off though, like quite recently. You should keep, yeah, you should keep at it because it was like, I started, was, I, yeah. Very empowering, I have to say. I started posting and like all, I have to say since like 2020, 2021, um, sort of as we were like literally in the middle of COVID and from then onwards, I just like, I stopped really editing my photos at all mm. because I just thought that, um, I mean, my personal Instagram like has a fairly small following and I don't really care about followers. I don't care about who sees my stuff because it's more of a documentation for me than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just thought, I can't really practice self-love if I'm like trying to hide behind, you know, Facetune and blur tools and making physical features I have look completely different to how they look in real life because it's, it's not healthy. And I I really, I do sympathize with someone like Khloe Kardashian, especially because she had the reputation as being like the fat sister and like the ugly sister. And like, that's why I sympathize with her because I know it's hitting her particularly hard. Because when your sister is Kim Kardashian, who is like it a lump it, she was for the 2010s, she was the standard. Mm-mm, exactly. Like she was the beauty standard. Mm-hmm. And then you're in immediate contact with that person. And you're also in the public eye because of that. I appreciate how she probably felt pressure to like keep, compete or keep up. That was probably one of the most relatable things that I'd ever seen from the Kardashians, that the way she felt about that. Because I was like, I get it. I do get it. But you shouldn't be doing it. But I do understand. Like, And that's yeah. saying that's saying something big because there's nothing that they do that's relatable. And also, I know you said you don't care about followers, but your Instagram has been 
popping off recently is so slay you guys Thank should follow you. it it's at bad bitch saraswati right yeah correct yeah you should definitely i know you said you don't care about followers but you should follow it anyway <laughs> thank you for the promo anyway though you're welcome <laughs> but so... yeah so this this whole perfect perfect aesthetic thing it's just not giving anymore is it like people just don't care no i think as well though that the other thing that's made people really like like right i'm done with you about the kardashians is they feel like and it's almost like the caveat of them being such successful businesswomen because I will say this, I there's a reason why I watched all of the show. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I have bought a Kylie lip kit in the past, despite how fucking awful they were. I'm sorry, but me as, and Ellie we were, were literally talking about this. We were talking about this because we're both we were both makeup artists at one point in our lives, and we the the Kylie lip kits had they had us in a hold as they did like the rest of the community, um, or anybody who who was our oh, age so at the bad. time. But looking back, like, I remember at the end of the night, like, touching my lips, thinking, why is this crumbling? <laughs> like, that shouldn't be happening. Um, well, they are I bad. Had, I had the black one, so it looked like the inside of my lip, I looked like I'd just eaten, like, a, a shitload of Oreos or something, because it was crumbly. <laughs> it was just like, what is the tea? Like, what is this? It was oh, so shit. bad. I just got water everywhere. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> For those of you who are listening, um, I just took a sip of water as Adam said that and nearly drowned my laptop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I apologize. No, that's okay. Speaking, I mean, speaking of businesses, though, I mean, like, they've moved into areas where you think, why the fuck are you even doing that? And this is directly to you, Kendall Jenner, my least favorite of the Kardashian Jenners. Why the fuck has she made tequila? I'm no, sorry, no, but no, why? No, 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 stop, because we have to talk about this. And I don't mean to laugh because what I'm about to say is literally horrible. But there's... <laughs> There's, um, it's so problematic because apparently um, her brand uses like, hang on, wait, 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 let me get up this article so I get it right because I really don't want to get this wrong. School of school, I'm ready. Apparently, marketing wise, uh, there has been fear of uh, cultural appropriation, but also workers who harvest an ingredient for the tequila. Is it the agave? Uh, yeah have um been exploited and there's also um no proof but rumors of like slave labor basically and also oh, de- Jesus. deportation of mexicans for de- tequila <laughs> like <laughs> well that's that's interesting to me because i was under the impression that for it to actually be considered tequila it had to come from the tequila region of mexico so Maybe, i mean but loads correct don't. me yeah correct me if like i'm wrong on that anyone that's listening but I don't think it's necessarily cultural appropriation to make tequila if you are not from Mexico, if it is no, I think allowed it was to be ad. produced. I think yeah. It's marketing oh, I it. see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen it. I need to look into it more, but I know that people are deeply concerned with it. But I know that as well. One of the main concerns that I've seen about this conversation, just I adore tequila. It's like my drink of choice. I love it. Can't get enough of the stuff. I've seen a lot of people be very critical about her decision to branch tequila because it just felt like a complete, like basically like a cash grab. Well, and, it is, really. Well, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the things they do are cash grabs, let's be real. I mean, yeah. but it felt so like divorced from the brand as well, which is what I think people were so confused about. It's like Kendall Jenner, Victoria's Secret model, Kardashian. You don't really jump to, to tequila from that. No, and it's really odd actually but she's and always she been the pick me, though it, yeah she has i know i feel like she's different as well 
that like she doesn't really know a lot about tequila or like something like that and she basically kind of profess her own ignorance about the drink and the history behind it and it is obviously part of mexico's cultural heritage and she's well that is a a bit of cultural appropriation then isn't it if she's ignorant to the culture yeah do you know what though kendall jenner has always been completely tone deaf I almost feel sorry. Oh, do you remember her. when she it's solved like, racism with a can of Pepsi? I was literally just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean about her like business marketing brain. Like she's it's completely toned down. That she's not got one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she I don't think she means to do it. Like I don't think she means it. But I have to say, and this is just me being a bit bitchy to be honest. This is I'm, I've got no nothing to like back me up here, but she does give me very like mean girl energy and also there's she... a lot of people that have said that though in the industry and yeah i think it's the whole like pick me girl thing um if you don't know what a pick me yeah. girl is um and you know what i'm mainly just talking to my mum. hi mum, because i know you, you don't know what this means <laughs> everybody else does <laughs> <laughs> hi ellie's mom how you doing <laughs> but basically it means like when you claim that you're not interested in t- typically feminine stuff just to be different so like, I'm not like oh my god girls. i'm not like other girls like oh my gosh did, did that woman just order a, a one of those silly starbucks drinks with a really long really long names like that's not me it couldn't be me like that sort of don't you just of... reminded me of have you seen that clip on tiktok that's from scream um, scream queens and it's this girl <laughs> yes yes yes, yes that, i like... know exactly what you're talking about i watched that show as well oh my god so for those who don't know scream queens was a 20 like 16 15 series by ryan murphy it i was really enjoyed like, it it was like american horror story meets like the scream movies or like the scary movies scary movies whatever like the um, parody movies yeah thank you and <laughs> so in this scene this guy's like working as a barista and then emma roberts character like asks for like a really hot pumpkin spice latte and then this girl behind her is like can i have a pumpkin spice latte ice cold and then she's like oh I'm just kidding like you know I just want some regular coffee those like silly white girl drinks annoy me yeah I just and want some this regular is, coffee <laughs> this is the real crime though he's like what name should make it out to and she's like senorita awesome and she really <gasps> thought she ate and I it's like girl oh who, whoever, I cringed like, so hard whoever wrote that line in the script I'm sorry but Guantanamo <laughs> <laughs> literally like I'm not an advocate for torture, but if I, if anyone deserves it, it's the person that wrote that line, because holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, show yourselves and um, admit that Meet me what outside. you did was so wrong. Yeah, catch me outside. <laughs> How about that? Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is, these are all, all of the things we've mentioned have been on this, like, cancelled list. Um and I, I feel, feel like, like we've we not should... really gone into, like, the deepest stuff, though, as well, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We should, we should go through this list because there are so many things here that I think are worth pointing out um because they're really quite damaging I think most yeah. recently if we can we'll start lighter and get deeper because we know the deeper stuff will take the longest no yeah else. um but recently and this also is sort of linked to Kendall Jenner's Mean Girl Energy um Kylie and Kendall I want to add Kendall um being please like, do Please awful do. to selena and i know awful maybe is a strong word but they were definitely bullying her mean girl vibes yeah like high school bullying and i'm just not here for it because we're both selena stands in fact most people are if um, there's one this... thing other than shakira if there's someone i'm riding at dawn for it's selena, selena. gomez yeah i'm i'm right there with you 
um yeah and it's over this whole Hayley Bieber beef um and Which, it's all I mean, very weird I know they've honest. tried to like bury the hatchet now and I appreciate that they've tried to do that but it just it gives very weird energy and like have you ever actually seen the way that they interacted like the family interacted with Alison Ray when she became friends with Kourtney Kardashian and like I don't I am oh, I'm I 25 that. That I was like shit. mocking them Ooh. yeah I don't know shit about Addison Ray. She she seems like a nice girl. They were being really rude to her. And yeah, I mean it's I know, not her fault that yeah. she's got a bunch of followers. Like, oh my god, that gives me such mean girl vibes when it's like it's not my fault it was, that I'm popular. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was very like it's very weird energy. I think it's immature. Yeah, it's like let's not forget that Kim got a start as Paris Hilton's assistant. Like you know, like let's keep it humble, keep it real. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my god, did you see that clip actually where um, Paris uh, Kim's like to Paris, I texted you, and Paris was like, "Oh, uh, really? Oh, yes! I have multiple phones." <laughs> Paris was just like, "Okay, that's cute, whatever." <laughs> oh my god, I fucking love Paris. <laughs> we need to do an episode on Paris. Yes, there's so much going to there, but um, beyond the Mean Girl stuff, this is my other least favorite Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian, Poosh. Oh. Don't do we even need to like go down this route because I'm so sick of it's just it's just goop re re reincarnated. Yeah, it's goop with an equally stupid name. So so for those of you that don't know, um I envy you. Goop, <laughs> which is sort of like the blueprint of Poosh. Oh my god, I sound like I, I sound like I'm like going through the looking glass already here. Um <laughs> Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness brand where they sell a lot of things like vampire repellent and multivitamins that give you 300% of your daily Wait, needs. Wait, hang on a second. Sorry, rewind. They sell what? Vampire repellent. Yeah, so they sell this spray. I don't know if they still sell it, but they did, which is like an energy spray and you spray it around you to repel like bad energies and they call it like energy vampires, but it's literally just like lavender water. Oh my god! Oh, like, oh, wait, hang on. Have you seen what we do in the shadows? Because there, there, there's energy vampire in that show. I have not. No. Oh, you should watch. It's fucking hilarious. But there's an energy vampire in that. But well, when the... Paltrow's got a a cure sorted out for you there. That's the dumbest shit I have ever heard. Obviously, they sell <laughs> yoni eggs as well. Um, by by the by, yoni is a Sanskrit word for vagina. Um, which is actually an appropriate term because yoni is considered a spiritual part of the body for Hindus. So fuck you, Gwyneth. Oh shit. Um, but the yoni egg is a jade quartz egg, which has. I mean, I'm not going to bash people who believe in crystals, whatever you do, you. But I don't think anyone's going to really advocate other than Gwyneth Paltrow for inserting an egg of rose quartz inside of you. No, um, and I don't want to. I don't want the well. vagina candles either. Sorry, and I'm a feminist. No. <laughs> and then, so Poosh is basically Kourtney Kardashian's answer to that. And for anyone who knows about the Kardashians, they know that Courtney is very into a lot of alternative health and honestly kind of gives me a bit of anti-vax vibes. Like she's like, mm. these essential oils will cure your COVID instead of the vaccine. Or yeah, like yeah, prevent yeah. COVID instead yeah. of the vaccine. Um, not saying she has had that, but I get the vibe. And it's just, again, it's another thing about unobtainable lifestyles. It's like the average person doesn't have the time or the money to spend on honestly what is quackery. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no two ways around it. Like, Goop and Poosh are both charlatan brands. I'm sorry, but I don't care. Yeah, no, um... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm with you. And also, they're very, very, I think, one, I think they're quite unethical in many ways. But Absolutely. I'm not going to go into that. But also, they're really, like, unsustainable. Like, I know that Goop came out with a Christmas list, like, last year, where it was, like, a budget-friendly 
gift ideas and it was like a, there was like a chess a gold chessboard on it for like $600 and I was like I'm sorry did you just say budget friendly so yeah I feel like Courtney's just really out of touch with reality to be honest yeah um, and honestly that's it I'm I'm really I'm very passionately child-free don't want don't want kids don't need near kids but her own sisters have said that she does not parent her children well and lets them run rampant. And I'm sorry, Courtney Kardashian, if you ever happen to be near me and your children are acting out, I don't give a fuck that you're famous. <laughs> Bye. I, I will. I will discipline those children. <laughs> so, what else have we got on here? We've got one thing that is I really important that we've sort of t- we've touched on the the editing, but we haven't talked about the actual real life editing, which is like. The plastic surgery. The plastic now, surgery. I'm not about to shame anybody who has plastic surgery. I'm pro plastic surgery because I'm pro choice, and if that's what you choose to do, that's fine. It's not your Period. fault that society has made you feel like you need to change your body. It's the patriarchy's fault. But snaps for that. <laughs> thank you. But um, it's the fact that they will continuously like. I mean, the before and after photos of the Kardashian Jenners is firstly it's, absolutely. It's wild wild t- totally different people it's the fact that they do these like they like kim's come out with a skincare line as if that's actually like the, her products are going to make you your face look yeah. like that and not plastic surgery it's the like facade of making everything seem flawless natural and unfiltered when it's the complete opposite and now yeah. they've been like taking things out like removing their like bbls because of the like y2k like skinny trend is back and god help yeah. me like please oh, please be gone. <laughs> someone purge of this trend like we can't go it's back there an interesting sort of conversation to have on this as well is that like i mean i said earlier kim kardashian basically set the beauty standard of the 2010s exactly um, and you know she did kind of popularize the idea of like the like thick being a thing even though realistically her body is so it's not a realistic body in a lot of ways because no. of the surgery that she's had. I mean, like, I'm a I'm a curvy individual and my body doesn't look like that. Yeah. And that's not just the fact that I've um got I'm genetically male. It's like the fact that even if I was a biological woman, my body still would not look like that. And very few people's bodies do look like that naturally. Yeah, no, same, and same, same. I suppose my question is really do we think that the Kardashians set the trend or was it going to happen anyway and the Kardashians were in the right place at the right time for it? Because I do kind of wonder if thick was always going to be a thing and then it's like Kim Kardashian kind of just pushed the needle. I think that's really interesting um, because for, for me, for this, for the, the like skinny trend, I do think it's very apparent that they're following on this one. Like that they, oh, they've lost their grasp. They're, they're not because saying that. They don't set the cultural zeitgeist anymore. They follow it oh yeah well said um it I think that she probably had the biggest influence with the trend like she really pushed it forward like what you said I don't I don't know if it originated with her I mean to be honest the whole thing is just screams cultural appropriation anyway because it's like absolutely basically glamorizing like fetishizing like black women's and women's of colors like bodies and yeah like culture just in general and then like acting as if it's like white centric so that's the thing as well it's like the um kim courtney and chloe are of armenian descent so by some people's metrics that makes them people of color by other people's it doesn't because armenian people are middle eastern but they're from the caucasus mountains obviously we're caucasian the word comes from so race and the kardashians is quite a tricky conversation 
Mm-hmm. But either way, they're socialized as white women. Right. They have white privilege. And the reality is, is that Kim, Chloe, and Kylie, probably as the main three offenders, have worn black hairstyles and have co opted features like large lips and a more voluptuous figure mm. that have historically been associated with women of color who were ostracized from the main sort of cultural conversation because of their physical features and it's interesting because I actually wrote an article years ago now for my student paper about the Kardashians and it was something like I'm sorry Kim but you didn't invent contouring um on the basis that they co-opted a lot of queer makeup tra- techniques as well and it wasn't just them but they popularized oh, interesting. Like contouring and like wigs which came from drag culture drag, black, yeah of course black women and they kind of popularized these fashion well these beauty trends to the general public but actually had no hand in coming up with them and honestly everything that the kardashians got in terms of their aesthetics mostly came from the people of color and the queer people that are in their inner circles that are behind the scenes that are styling the wigs and that are their makeup artists and oh, yeah. that, you know are styling them i mean let's not forget as much as he's a horrible human being kanye west styled kim kardashian and he borrowed a lot from his own community of black people when he styled her let's touch on that though because i feel like it makes this case slightly different because i I, for those of you who have maybe watched the kardashians because this is one thing that i did watch you might have seen kim kardashian have an absolute and total meltdown um when kim and kanye split because kanye styles everything or did start everything she ever did and then all of a sudden he wasn't in the picture and she was having meltdowns over what to wear and the fact that even after they split he was like picking out outfits and leaving it out for her and stuff and and this one time he didn't and she like freaked out over it so I'm like and also we know that he was he was quite a controlling person with her whole other conversation but I don't know what the dynamic was in like him saying like you have to wear this um and if that's the case if he was like okay Today we're putting you in braids. We're like making you wear this, this, and this. Is she at fault for that? I, I don't know. I feel like that's a Kanye it's, thing. Yeah, it, it's complicated though because at the same time, um, part of me kind of thinks it, it, it's tricky because you, unless you are actually in that conversation, you know, you don't know if there's any pushback. You don't know if there is an ability to push back. That's, and to be honest, it, looking yeah. at Kanye's com- Kanye's behavior after the divorce and the fact that. And one thing I will fight too for nail on is that like, I think that Kim Kardashian has been treated awfully by Kanye and by a lot of men in the media. I think and she's been abused af- by Kanye. Yeah, exactly. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. And then after the divorce, the fact that he was erring the public business on social media and you no know, threatening her new partner and things like that. Um, I think if that behavior is anything to show what happens when Kim says, no, I'm not interested. Mm. I think that we can infer a large degree of co-opting um, kim's own autonomy yeah yeah so that's why i think that case is slightly slightly it's, different but we don't tricky. know the details yeah it's, it's definitely definitely a bit more complex than than like the other kardashians say because you don't know if she if, yeah as you said if she did have pushback or or what the hell was going on with that but we do know that there is a bit of a problem here with like yeah creating these sorts of trends and the way I mean, that they've sort of pushed them and like claimed them uh, some own? people have even um, criticised them because of the fact that they predominantly date black men. 
And oh wait, wait, hang on. I didn't even think about that. You're so right. Yeah, because other than Courtney, um the Kylie's partners, Kim's most recent partner, and Ray J actually, um, Chloe's two significant partners are all black men. And I'm not gonna comment on whether that that's a problem or not, because it's not something I have the authority to, and it's not my place to say. But I am aware of, and I'm not I'm just saying this as literally this is me just sharing information now, that there yeah. are people who have argued that they do that because by associating themselves with black men it gives them essentially more clout and interesting that it feels like there's a desperation in the kardashians to be a part of black culture because they're so interested in black aesthetics and um you know that's kind of part of the brand that some people are arguing whether it's conscious or not that there's a gravitation towards black men not just because they're attracted to them but because of the sort of cultural capital that being a black man can bring them right okay that is really it's a really, really interesting conversation yeah. isn't it it is it is I've, I had I hadn't heard that before you just said it and I, I feel like I'm, I'm gonna need to think about that one because I, I I really had no idea people were saying that and also just to add on to that in in no way are we coming for the Kardashians like yeah of course one it's not very feminist just to like you know tear down women for the yes, sake of it we are talk about this yeah we're genuinely having a conversation and pointing out like the 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 problems that have occurred and also like you know in many times we've talked about like the sympathies we have at the same time at the end of the day they're in the public spotlight and we need to talk about how they're influencing people and how that affects people because the thing is about the kardashians and it's the same for a lot of people who achieve that sort of level of fame that they do Mm. Um, interestingly, it's kind of a parallel to like the article I wrote recently about about Shamil Begum, in the fact that when people reach a, a level of degree of of fame or infamy, they they become less like people and more like actual symbols. Mm. And then it's the Kardashians aren't people, but they're a concept. And then a concept can be criticized because a concept doesn't have feelings, but obviously they are yes. real people and they do yeah. have feelings. And I do think that we've Obviously, no, we've said some things that we've made our opinions about certain members of the family clear that we don't really care for them. But we haven't gone to the point of like, I'm not going to insult their intelligence or the quality as people. But Ellie made a really interesting point in our Google Doc about um, asking the question of, is it anti-feminist to criticise the Kardashians? And I'm really interested to know what your thought about that is. Yeah, I just... I think partly just just to preface this a little bit I um I can't say that I'm a particularly like strong individual when it comes to like being very opinionated on things I really I really struggle to hurt like I struggle with articulating what I what I say because I don't want to hurt anybody and I can be quite weak like that in fact funny little story completely irrelevant but I feel like I need to share it I've just come back from Marrakesh and I um before we went we had before we came home we had a couple of hours and there was a there was a really cheap spa in the hotel and I was me and my mum were like okay cool let's go for it and <laughs> I was like what's the um what's this there was like a special type of manicure and I was like what's this and she was like it's a scrub uh, color um, massage clean or something and I was like okay cool let's go for it it was like 16 pounds like 
yeah, do it. bargain. And I went and um, she literally massacred my finger. She had one of those oh, like plier no. thingies and she was like digging about. And I was like, ah, like it was so painful. Um, and my finger was bleeding all over the place. It, it was uh... it was gross. And then did she soak it in water or anything? No, she soaked it in acetone. <gasps> <laughs> but oh, the fuck. reason I bring this up is because the whole time, every time Were she was looking down... just being very British and like grinning bear in it? Yeah, like every time she looked down, I was pulling faces like, oh, fuck, fuck. And then every time she looked up, I was like smiling at her and like nodding like, mm, thank you, mine's really nice, thank you. And I'm just, I think that just goes to prove that I am... <laughs> I think some things are like easier said than done. Like I'm just not good with the cold confrontation thing and like Yeah. Bitching about people. Oh, that sounds very pick me, but I really do struggle with it. Like I um I just don't, don't want to hurt anybody's me, feelings. Though, because you're not saying it's like, oh, I'm not like girls who gossip. You're just saying that for you personally, it's not something that comes naturally. No, for me, no. it comes very naturally. <laughs> <laughs> about the Kardashians. What I was saying is, do you think that no matter how crap they've been, no matter no matter how many like shitty things they've done in the past or are doing, do you think tearing them down in the way that the internet does, like in the way where the the cancel culture way, and like picking everything they do apart, like is is that anti feminist? Because quoting one of my OG favorite feminists, Jamila Jamil, she always talks about how the media put women on a pedestal just to tear them down and how like damaging it is. And also just in general, like the conversation at the moment about the pressures of fame. And I know it's such a like, oh, poor rich people type of thing to say, but it's really bad at the moment. Like it's become really tough being in the spotlight and you're extra susceptible to criticism. Cancel culture is thriving. There's, it's just so much worse. For women as well and then the pressure to stay trendy and relevant um and you know as you said like no matter how much crap they've pulled they are still human they're not a concept they are still people like experiencing yeah. all of this and making all of these mistakes and how far do we take it and what when does it become anti-feminist i don't really know i don't have the answer i just think it's interesting to, it's, to talk yeah. about it i think for me it really depends on how we are criticizing them i think that there's a way to criticize that. I mean, feminism is a critical movement at its heart. It's about critiquing culture and looking at where culture does not serve women and people in general, actually, on the basis of gender roles and a whole other collection of things. I do think it would be hypocritical of me as someone who is feminist to say that we can't criticize women. Um, I think that we can't criticize women because they're women. But I do think that if we truly want a society where we have gender parity, that also means an equal right to call people out. And I think that cancel culture's kind of gone to a point where it's not really serving the movement of social progress anymore because everyone dogpiles on someone and then everything that they ever done is pulled out. And instead of having a conversation about one thing that can be a teachable moment, and can be a public discourse where people have different opinions that are free to share them. Our culture is so black and white. There is no gray area in our pop culture or in our sort of social discourse at the moment that it is really hard to have a meaningful critique of the Kardashians because Mm. so many people are either like, I love them and that's it. They can do whatever they want or I hate them. And there's no sort of like, you know, there's no 
what's the word? There's no respite for them either. And the reason why I, I've come to this conclusion is, it's, I mean, surprise, surprise, guess who I'm going to talk about again, Shakira. Um, <laughs> but Shakira. I think I have to turn this into a drinking game. <laughs> oh my God, for real. Um, drink or if you don't drink, whatever you would do as an equivalent. Every time I mention Shakira in this podcast, it's like, there you go. Um, but basically, Shakira's personal life has been in tatters and it's largely because she was cheated on by her partner um jared pk and in shakira's new music she calls out not only him but the woman he cheated on her with and the truth is clara chia this this girl who did it i have not held back on criticizing her and i support shakira's decision to call her out because she did something bad you know she doesn't get off scot-free because she's a woman she still did something bad. And I'm not going to come at it at the root of being misogynistic in my critique, because that's not critique, that's hate. But calling someone out and criticizing them and having a dialogue about why you disagree with what they're doing or have done is very different than what we see a lot, which is cancel culture is just going to the nth degree. Yeah, I do agree with you there, because I think it by not critique, critiquing women, you're actually you're actually being anti-feminist hear me out because no I completely you're, agree you're doing exactly what you just said women are a concept rather than humans and to, to think that to to believe that women aren't diff- every woman isn't different and that they can be good Can't or bad grow and learn yeah it, I think that in itself is anti-feminist because you're just putting all women in one box and that's the complete opposite of what feminism wants to do we want to you know prove that we're all different individuals with thoughts and feelings and we're all completely different so I do completely agree with you and I think it's okay to call out women and it just is tricky because you don't want to go you don't want to do it the wrong way where it it is like turns into a conversation about women if you're going to point out somebody if you're going to critique somebody it needs to be specific and I think that's the key where cancel culture needs to still be respectful I think as well of course yeah people make mistakes yeah I think that especially with the Kardashians but I think they're very calculated and like we said earlier, Chris Jenner, sort of the mastermind behind the Kardashians, I think that her approach to making them the most famous family in America, I think that in time will be studied by people who do PR and marketing because Oh it already is. I mean I mean as it should be, because mm. it is genius and it's so impactful and effective. Um the fact that people who have never seen a single episode of the show know about the Kardashians and can probably tell you a few basic things about them. At least they know who Kim Kardashian is. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the first family member to really be a, a big name. You know, that is monumental. And I do think that, um, you know, you can still sort of respect that and have a meaningful conversation about the fact that they are calculating. But I also think, I don't think that they actively seek to cause controversy, which I think a lot of other people would accuse them of i don't think at least from observing them and maybe this is me buying into the propaganda of the kardashians i don't know um i don't think they actively seek to do things i think they just genuinely they have so much wealth and privilege and such a disconnect from the real world that you know conversations about using a private jet for example something we didn't even mention like it's kylie jenner's oh, yeah, like, use a, a private jet for three minutes something like that is so out of our realm of conversation it's just so unrelatable exactly it it goes back this whole thing about them being unrelatable but it's like Mm. it's not only can we not relate to them they can't relate to us 
And mm. a lot of the conversations we're having and the thoughts that people have, they're so far removed from the places those conversations are happening. Yeah, there's a massive disconnect between like their reality and our reality. And I think that's why we actually are witnessing the downfall of the Kardashians. And I I think yeah. I almost feel slightly in shock that I'm saying that because, you know, I was... You, <sighs> I was we were all there for the peak of their fame and you really did not think that they would ever fall but I think that this is the beginning of it and in fact this brings us quite nicely onto like some of the the things that they've been doing that I think has proven that one they know that they're falling that that they, they know that their reign is coming to an end and two that they're like desperately trying to counter um, because I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like they're scrambling right now. Like they are scrambling. I completely so, agree. Like, I think they really are. Kim Kardashian's TikTok, TikToking Ugh. is like w- w- one of the biggest Kim sweetheart attempts at desperation, like most desperate thing I have ever seen. And I, I really don't mean to be mean when I say that, but, but it's it almost is. hard to watch because you can tell that she's just trying so hard like girl calm down like this is this is almost frightening to watch even the show like the kardashians is is, it feels like a scramble it feels like they're trying really hard to push it because they know that that's their only like the only good pr that they get like that is their pr like saving grace isn't it the the show so and i know that the viewership for that has dropped as well um and it just feels like people are just they've had enough but I also do think talking about them being very out of touch with trends I think it's really hard for everybody good or bad like famous yeah. or not to keep up with trends at the moment because they're just like so fast even I'm well, like micro trends are such a thing now yeah and it's like really 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 hard to keep up with it all and um I mean I hate to say it but I just think that everybody who's relevant now will no longer be relevant in like even a year like yeah i'm talking about like the people we love like i'm talking about britney drew like gk that like i feel like w- people are their attention spans are so short that even the people we absolutely love will forget about we'll forget about them and then new ones yeah. will come along and then they might come back and then we'll forget about them again and that's just the way of the world at the moment because of our it's, like TikTok it's and the our way of the internet yeah and they can't i don't think they can keep up with yeah. that sort of level of of change I, when they're I the think... media people I think it does kind of mean as well that there's a bit of a pivot back toward like more like traditional media stars in a way of like say like Pedro Pascal um as an example is like somebody's really big at the moment. I think that he where the hell did he even come from as well? He was just everywhere all at once. Yeah, but like he's he's been working for years is the thing, Mm. and I feel like he he will probably experience more longevity first of all because he's a man and he is universally beloved i he is actually my husband just so old, <laughs> as you know um but you know because he's an actor and he's like you know he's less dependent upon upon being current with trends and he's more dependent upon being current with his output and his work it's the same reason why everyone get a shot ready <laughs> it's the reason why Shakira is currently in a career peak because she's had to adapt to the way that music has changed in its production from um, I mean, her first album came out on fucking cassette, right? To the streaming era. She's had to exist through a lot of different eras of music and how it's been made and distributed. She's doing damn but, well. But again, she's not dependent upon following a TikTok trend or being a fashion icon as much as for some people she is. 
because traditional celebrities who have no offense to the Kardashians but talent no but it's true really they they don't have to sort of they don't live and die by what TikTok says is in vogue basically they're authentic yeah in a lot of ways I do think so I think like there's a young example like Billie Eilish has come about in like the TikTok era really Mm. but because she's an immensely talented person and her talent is hinged on music as opposed to while people do see her as like a fashion icon and like you know is sort of bought into like a beauty trend she could still dress that way but if her music at least kind of keeps people interested then it doesn't really matter what she looks like to a degree obviously there's pressures on women especially female artists about having different eras and looks and whatever that's whole mm. other conversation but the kardashians because the primary talent is to sell us things mm. and we are sold things based on a lifestyle and an aesthetic and a an image mm. because that's a lot more of a finite and fickle thing than having an amazing voice or being a really good actor they do yeah. kind of have a far more limited shelf life as awful as it sounds well their but whole existence is 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 trends like that is that is how they've they've peaked and how like their fame came about and how they've kept it and now they can't keep up the trend trends and their fame is is fleeting really so it's a really good point yeah. um i think like as well the move like we i told you about this today mm. in case y'all didn't know oh my god are you gonna say about north <laughs> yep <laughs> so northwest the child that was brought to this earth to humble kim kardashian as you can see on many clips online Sis has got a makeup, not a makeup brand, sorry. Sis has got a skincare brand. A literal yeah. skincare brand. Nine. She is She's nine, nine years, years old. old. <laughs> that child, and I'm not saying that as an insult, she is literally a child. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when I was nine years old, I did not know what the fuck a moisturizer was. No, I was nobody did. I was running about, like, watching Jurassic Park and, like, I don't know, doing all kinds of random shit. I was not sat there, like, Okay, so this is my foaming cleanser, and then this is my oil-based cleanser, so you can get a really nice clear complexion. <laughs> what the hell? It just nine. I'm sorry, nine but years also, old. Also, it's like to have a child at the front of a brand. Like, I think of all of them, Kim is probably the best parent, other than maybe Kylie. But to make that decision yeah. for your child to be the face of a brand which is a lot of work and a lot of pressure even if kim is the one that's really making the decisions for a nine-year-old yeah it's too much for a nine-year-old i mean i i have thought it a little bit um questionable that beyonce brings out blue ivy every five minutes um on songs and stuff like that but i do appreciate that she's not like you know she's not putting out a whole ass album no no, you know and I mean? she's it's... not made her a skincare brand, so. It's like, but nine years old, like, that that just shows how out of touch they are because mm. I'm, I mean, I ain't having kids anyway, but if I had kids, I am making them a fucking skincare brand. <laughs> with, with, what, no. with what machine behind me? I know, exactly. But you, do you know what? Even if I had the money, I wouldn't. What the hell? Like, no. It's a terrible lesson as well for North. Like, you don't have to do any work and you just get handed a brand. Like, that's just yeah. not... I mean, I would say it's but not it's realistic, like... but it is probably realistic for her and what her life is going to be like. 
But then I think, what if this skincare brand has like, know, like a Jaclyn Cosmetics moment and there's like fuzz in the, in the serums or whatever, and people start, people who bought into it are really pissed off. And then it's like, well, is it North that because she's faced the brand? If it flops, if it does bad, if it makes people sick? I would if... like to think that people are smart enough to not place any blame on a fucking Girl... nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're right. The you're internet right. is a place common sense went to die. Let's be real. I know. I literally threw myself into a turf pit earlier today by accident. <laughs> Try, trying to trying it, to get writers in the magazine. <laughs> just, to, just to let everybody know, it was an accident. I didn't purposely go out looking for turfs. <laughs> No, Ellie is in fact not a turf. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. If she was, I think this podcast would be quite different. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> because honestly, we would have probably spent the entire time talking about Caitlin if that was the case. Yeah, well, that's hey, true. Um... We haven't even uttered Caitlin, uttered oh, the name. Oh, God. I don't... Caitlin is the most perplexing person, I think, in that entire family. I'm so because confused by Caitlin. She is a literal trans woman who does not believe in gay marriage and is like an avid Trumper. It's like and has known to be transphobic though. That's the weird. Yeah. That's the really, really it, weird, it's like weird thing about it. Kate, Caitlin Hun, from a cis to a cis, are you sure? Yeah. Well, that is. I think this is the core of it. They are all so completely out of touch. They, as I said before, like their reality and our reality is so different. I think that's why, you know, Kendall is always doing really stupid like PR and marketing stunts like the pepsi ad and they just yeah. they can't relate they're just like sorry can't relate like never experienced racism never experienced this never experienced that they just don't know like and pe- we're just like sick of it because we're like sorry but we're just not interested in, is, in what you have to say into, i've been thinking about this a lot lately i think that in general people are just exhausted mm, yeah tired i feel it i we, were, we were saying feel... this at the beginning of the episode yeah. about politics we're knackered yeah, and I think that the Kardashians kind of float in this complete unobtainability. Mm. And this kind of... It's almost like a famous for being famous sort of thing, but I think we talked about Paris Hilton earlier and we both like love Paris Hilton. I think what kind of differentiates Kardashians is almost like there's a lack of awareness of the fact that they are famous for being famous and it's almost like Paris Hilton's always kind of owned that and she actually does do quite a lot of things as well she's actually a dj yeah and also like not only does she have the talent but she's also been very real with us recently she said you know she's come out and told like her truth and i think everybody's really it's really really brave and difficult to do that and i think and and you know also she's been open about like essay as well recently and i think that does make her relatable unfortunately with a lot of women as well so i think there is there is a, a massive difference there as, as well. So out of all of them, I actually think Kim is the most real, um, which is crazy to think about. But and actually, she does have skill because she's passed her uh, bar, hasn't she? Yeah, and she's done a lot of work with clemency as well, and trying to get people off like death row and stuff like that. So again, I do respect them. I don't think they're bad people. I think that they're just very out of touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I do sympathize as well with the fact that for the past. 15 years now because the show debuted Keeping Up with Kardashians in 2007 so that's 15 years of the Kardashians being a cultural force I do sympathise the fact that you know you've kind of gone from your mid-twenties to your forties or in the case of Kendall and Kylie you've basically grown up your entire sort of sentient life with 
cultural supremacy and a culture a, a massive place in pop culture where you are a huge name you're one of the most famous families if not the most famous family in the world mm-hmm. and all of a sudden because the tide of trends have changed you suddenly got to scramble but yeah i want to sort of have a moment to talk about this is gonna be random like katie perry eh? <laughs> i'm sorry so what? in <laughs> in oh no wait hang culture, on Sorry, Siri popped up and was like, chatting shit. Uh, no worries. Am I good to go? Yeah. So in pop culture, there's a lot of conversation about how Katy Perry used to basically run pop. And then now, like her last few albums, have, they've not really done well. Some people have used the word flop. Yes. Um, And it's true that you don't hear a lot about Katy Perry. You don't really hear on the radio anymore. I mean, not that people really listen to the radio, but. You know, she's not really around as much anymore, despite the fact that she has been putting out music and whatever. And some people have said that, like, you know, she was quite desperate for a while to, like, you know, be, like, one of the main pop girls again. And I've always kind of had the opinion of, it's okay to be massive for, like, a decade or two in pop culture, make your legacy, and then just accept that you had your gold run. Mm. I think that um, Nelly Furtado is, like, a perfect example of that. She ran shit in the 2000s. Her and Timberland, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> never left the charts. The charts were not dev- were never devoid of Nelly Furtado for a good few years. Like everything she put out, it went to number one. Gold run. And then she had a time. And then I don't know the full T because I don't know a lot about her, but she kind of, you know, she wasn't that big of a name anymore. And you don't really hear her around a lot anymore. And her music doesn't really do... If, if she's even putting it out, it doesn't really do the numbers it used to. But it's okay to have your moment in the sun. Make Honestly, make your hay while the sun shines because the Kardashians are not going to be struggling for money anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Neither is Katy Perry, neither is Nelly Furtado. You know, it's okay to have your moment and then... I'm surprised that they haven't done that already because if I was them, I'd be tired too. I'd be like, do you know what? We've had a good run. Peace out. Retirement. <laughs> like That's it. I almost wonder if it's like because they are so big, it's like it's almost like in a way it's a higher pedestal to fall off than like a Katy Perry or a Nelly Furtado in the sense of like I mean, well, first of all, you've got um, you know, you've not got the thing of, oh, I'm coming back with like a new album or a comeback tour or whatever that they have like a a musician has and it kind of goes back to what we're saying about Famous for being famous versus failing. Famous for being famous versus fail. Famous, Jesus Christ. Famous <laughs> for being famous versus famous for a trade or a skill. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that is a really good note to start rounding it off on because otherwise yeah, we don't have an extra long podcast again. But it's a really interesting conversation. I think uh, it to conclude. I think I'd like to say that. I do actually sympathise with the Kardashians. Um, I think they've done a lot wrong. I think they have done... I think there are some positives to the Kardashians, Kim specifically. Um, But I think one thing we can all agree on is that we are, I think, witnessing the beginning of the downfall of the Kardashians. So, yeah. I will say this as well, (laughs) is that... Because I kind of had a question about whether you can enjoy the Kardashians as a feminist or not. Oh, yeah. And um, to kind of like have a bit of a concluding thought, and obviously just let me know what you think about this as well. Yeah, throw I this do question think, 
yeah i mean my question was like i respect them and i've enjoyed the kardashians like i said i've watched basically the entire show i've watched the new series as well and when the next season comes out there's a high likelihood, a high likelihood that i will watch it and i suppose my question is can you enjoy the kardashians with the knowledge that no they are problematic and you know it comes almost in a way it's kind of like the additional question is like what is it about them that has made them so like addicting in a way and for me i feel like it's like this with anything it's like this with like people getting plastic surgery um scrolling instagram looking at things like a victoria's secret catalog it's so easy to say this and it's so hard to practice it but to enjoy media that has very specific standards of beauty and gender roles and all of these things that do have massive real world impacts if you can enjoy and consume that media with a degree of removal and knowing that this doesn't actually is not realistic it's almost like how in pornography it's like knowing that pornography is a fantasy and it's not what realistic sex is like which is knowing you actually start having sex you can learn oh that's porn is really inaccurate um you know it's kind of like the same sort of thing can you know you can kind of watch these shows and follow these celebrities and kind of know that okay this is just not realistic and it's hard to do but you kind of have to do it in my opinion i think as long as you watch things with the awareness that you know what you're watching isn't real just as you said i think that it's okay i don't think we should be dictating what people should be entertained by or not and also everybody i think probably has a different reason reason i i have an absolute fascination with wealthy as somebody who didn't grow up with much money like i would love like i'd love um you know those like silly like disney channel movies where it'd be like the rich I think there was one like the rich sisters like lose all their money but like I was like no 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 go back to the bit where they had all their money I want to watch them live a rich life like because I was like fascinated there is a voyeurism to it isn't there yeah I think so and I think that as long as you I think the most important thing is you're not causing yourself any damage by watching it by thinking that you need to obtain their their standards of beauty or wealth or anything you know everybody's version of success is different as well so absolutely as as you're self-aware in that sense I think you know watch whatever you want it's not it's not something that anybody should judge anybody over really unless it's like something absolutely awful (laughs) obviously i'm sure there yeah, are some i mean there are, there some are worse, exceptions there are worse things to consume your time with than the kardashians yeah I mean, <laughs> you know we're not going to name them here i'm sure you can think about yourself but um put it this way it's um better to watch an episode of the kardashians than join hustlers university calling back to episode one <laughs> yeah and if, if that's what you do to unwind then like go for it bestie like literally just do what do you do you um just remember that it's not real and that you're doing okay (laughs) i think that is the perfect note to end it on so thank you for listening guys if you want to check us out you can find us at thenewfeminist.co.uk you can follow us on instagram the new feminist magazine and then everything else so twitter and tiktok that is all at tnf magazine so give us a follow on there send us a dm if you like the episode and you have something to say or something that you want us to read out next episode we would love to hear from you Bye, guys. Bye.